There's some promising data emerging at ASCO 2021 for patients with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I'm joined by Dr. Lori Sen, one of the lead authors on this new data, which centers on two investigational CD20 by CD3 T-cell engaging bispecific antibodies, mosinutuzumab and glofitimab, and an anti-CD79B antibody drug conjugate, polituzumab. Dr. Sen, set the scene for us. Briefly, where are we currently in the treatment of NHL, and, and what's different about these antibodies and specifically about polituzumab? Well, you know, as you know, non-Hodgkin lymphoma is not just one entity, but it's numerous cancers of, of lymphoid white blood cells. So we need to think of them as, as unique problems. I'd say that to, to summarize, you know, the challenge, of course, is treating aggressive B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphomas that evolve very quickly and, and can be fatal for patients in the short term. The good news is that we can cure many of these patients with upfront chemotherapy-based platforms, but when they relapse, we really don't do such a good job of, of treating them and, and curing them moving forward. So we're desperately in need for novel therapies for patients with relapsed and refractory aggressive B-cell lymphomas. Similarly, for the indolent B-cell lymphomas, the most common one that we see is follicular lymphoma, these still remain incurable. So I'd say that you know, initial therapy still relies very much on rudimentary chemotherapy, usually combined with monoclonal antibodies. And although we can control the disease, inevitably patients will relapse and require further therapies. And ultimately, we really struggle to try and control disease in these patients, despite, you know, the relative indolent nature. So I, I think it's an extremely exciting time that over the last few years, we've seen the development of some novel approaches to treat both aggressive and indolent B-cell lymphomas. And namely, we've seen immunotherapy approaches that have come about, including bispecific monoclonal antibodies. And we've seen targeted antibody drug conjugates that basically are targeted antibodies with cytotoxins attached to them that are showing real promise. So this year at ASCO, we saw updated data on some of the lead contenders in this area. So for antibody drug conjugates, polituzumab vedotin has already been FDA approved in combination with bendamustine and rituximab. And that has um, really led to a remarkable benefit for many patients with relapsed and refractory diffuse large B-cell lymphoma. At this year's meeting, we saw uh, additional data looking at polituzumab vedotin in uh, novel combinations both not only for aggressive B-cell lymphomas, but also for indolent B-cell lymphomas. Just briefly talking about the bispecific monoclonal antibodies, mosinutuzumab and glofitimab, where um, these are two of the agents that I would say are furthest along in development, have also shown um, longer-term data that is certainly very exciting. So give us the highlights. What are the most remarkable findings about the data in your view? Well, I would say let's let's focus on bispecific monoclonal antibodies to start. So both mosinutuzumab and glofitimab, so two of the lead contenders in development right now, have a very similar mechanism of action. So these drugs are basically like two antibodies stuck together, but one of the antibodies is targeting CD20, which is typically present on most 
B-cell non-Hodgkin lymphomas. And the other antibody is targeting CD3, which is generally present on some of the body's cytotoxic T-cells. So the idea is to bring the malignant B-cells close together with the body's own immune system, the T-cells that could recognize the lymphomas, and then activate and react against it. But it is a novel form of immunotherapy. Both of the drugs, mosinotuzumab and glofitimab, are, are slightly different in design, uh, but the concept is the same. So these drugs are, are being evaluated separately in ongoing trials that uh, are testing them in both patients with aggressive and indolent B-cell lymphoma. And what we saw presented at this year's meeting was longer-term data of these ongoing single-agent trials. And across the board, uh, I'd have to say that um, you know we're quite enthusiastic about the benefit that we're seeing reported from these trials. So, for um, it should be stated that you know these trials are already or, or are focused on patients who have already received standard treatment. So most of the patients have already received at least two lines of standard therapy and in many scenarios have very limited options. And what we're seeing is that um, for both aggressive and indolent non-Hodgkin lymphomas, the response rates are notably quite high. So for aggressive lymphomas, we're seeing response rates of over 50%. And for indolent lymphoma, we're seeing response rates closer to the range of 70%, with many of these patients achieving complete remissions. Of course, these are still ongoing trials. They're actually phase one trials um, and and, uh, had an initial dose escalation. But um, essentially, with the ongoing follow-up that's being reported, uh, we are seeing many patients having quite durable benefit. And this, you know, certainly exceeds the expectations that we would have with some of the standard therapies we currently have available. Near 70%. That's amazing. That's great news. Talk, if you would, a little bit about the adverse effects that you're finding in the study and the, and the side effects that you found. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, this is a unique form of immunotherapy that is still in development. Um, you know, the exciting thing is it, it takes us away from chemotherapy, which we've relied on for decades that comes with many side effects, including hair loss and lowering of the immune system and the white blood cells and nausea and vomiting. And and I'd say that these drugs, because they're immunotherapy and not chemotherapy, actually uh, um, can be very well tolerated for patients. But we also learn and have learned that immunotherapies have unique toxicities that we need to be aware of for this type of drug. Um, I'd say that the main unique toxicity associated with them, which is known to occur with other immunotherapies, is something called cytokine release syndrome. That's a, a big term that really refers to the release of chemicals in the body. So cytokines means chemicals, um, and cytokine release syndrome um, is a phenomenon that can happen if you wake the immune system up too quickly and the immune cells actually release chemicals that can cause symptoms and, and side effects. So um, both of the drugs, mosinotuzumab and glofitimab, um, do come with a risk of cytokine release syndrome. And, and that's um, really a, a side effect of, of the efficacy. And, and the efficacy is that they do wake up the immune system, but cytokine release syndrome can be initial side effect. 
The good thing is that, you know, this is a side effect that can be very easily anticipated and managed. So, you know, it can cause allergic type reactions, high blood pressure, low blood pressure, um, changes in uh, breathing, and, and all of this uh, for the most part, tends to be relatively low level in nature. But for patients who have a more extreme reaction, we do have a, a drug called tocilizumab that can counteract it and bring it under control. So it's a learning curve with these drugs for sure that this is a unique type of reaction that occurs with immunotherapies, such as these bispecific antibodies. But we um, have a way of controlling it with uh, another drug. And importantly to know that this is a side effect that generally only occurs with the first cycle of treatment. So once patients get beyond their first cycle, it is very unlikely to happen. The other side effects we worry about with immunotherapies are neurologic side effects. So you might be familiar with CAR T-cell therapy, which is a, a type of cellular immunotherapy, and neurologic side effects have been a very big worry associated with that type of immunotherapy. The good news is that with the bispecific antibody immunotherapy, the risk of neurologic side effects has been very, very low with you know grade three or four, the more serious events only occurring in, in really under 5% or under 3% of patients. So it, it's um, in the regard to neurologic concerns, very low risk. And then I'd say the last side effect I mentioned is that although it's not a form of chemotherapy, we do see effects on other immune cells. So we do get lowering of some of the body's normal white blood cells, including uh, neutrophils. So risk of infection and, and lowering of the white cells is also a side effect. But again, this is manageable and something that we're used to dealing with, with chemotherapy, where it's much more likely to happen. And so where are we in the, in the development timeline? How soon will patients start seeing these new treatments in the mainstream? So it's funny to say that, you know, the, the main data that's emerged has actually come from phase one trials, which have been ongoing now for probably at least three to four years. So within these phase one trials, we've seen hundreds of patients treated, and we're now seeing follow-ups, uh, follow-up times that are years in duration. So while we're used to thinking about phase one trials as very short initial studies with small numbers of patients, the phase one trials that we have for both mosinotuzumab and glofidumab have enrolled many patients, and our follow-up time is quite long. So it's it's quite likely that what we'll see uh, is that this data, because you know the trials that have been done have been done in patients who really have limited treatment options, this is a unique mechanism of action and novel therapy approach. And because of the tremendous benefit that we're seeing, it's quite likely that these phase one trials will be used to try and seek regulatory approval. So I think we're expecting that sometime within the next six months, uh, we might see both mosinotuzumab and, and glofidumab seek regulatory approval based on the data that's already available. Um, and, you know, we think that they could emerge on the market, you know, within the next um, year or so. The other thing that's important is that, you know, there are many ongoing trials. So in addition to these initial trials that I described, these are, are being tested in larger trials or being tested in randomized trials. More importantly, we're starting to see 
combination trials emerge where they're being combined with other novel therapies and being tested against some of our standard approaches, as I said, that still rely on chemotherapy. So, you know, this initial data is very exciting. I think there's a good chance it could lead to regulatory approval so that we can get these drugs, you know, into the hands of clinicians and and benefiting patients. But I think in addition to this, we're seeing, you know, we'll be seeing for sure more data emerging from additional trials, uh, including combination trials and comparative trials that I think will also solidify, you know, where these drugs uh, should be used and, and how they can benefit patients the most. Lots of possibilities, lots of promising data and some hope. Dr. Lori Sen, thanks for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. Thank you. For the Oncazine Brief in Richmond, Virginia, I'm Paul Schmidt.